Jimmy, Jimmy Crane, Jimmy Crane's a nerd. Jimmy Crane's an improv nerd. Jimmy Crane's a nerd. Hey everybody, this is Jimmy Corain, and this is another episode of Improv Nerd, sponsored by my award-winning improv classes here in Chicago, the Artist Low Comedy. Now, the best improvisers, in my opinion, are the best actors. So in the Artist Low Comedy, we're going to teach you how to play things real before you can be funny, and in fact, you'll be even funnier. All my classes are limited to 12 people, so you get plenty of stage time. My next class, my Fundamentals of Artist Low Comedy class, begins Monday, July 21st here in Chicago. And for more information, go to my website, jimmycorain.com. That's www.jimmycorain.com. We're also sponsored by the good people at the Hotel Lincoln here in Chicago. The next time you find yourself here in the city and you're looking for a cool boutique hotel, that's close to everything. It's right around the corner from Second City. It's not only pet friendly, it's also improv friendly. Check out the official hotel of Improvner, the Hotel Lincoln. You are going to love our show today. Now, people come up to us and they say, hey, could you do a show about younger improvisers, you know, coming up the ladder or the independent scene? Well, we've combined both of your ideas and we have got two people from the, one of the hottest independent improv theaters in Chicago, the Upstairs Gallery. Joining us is Alex Honnett and Caitlin Steffen, and they talked about how they started this theater uh, with another person, Walt Delaney. Now, at the beginning of this interview, uh, I, I expressed my feelings because Walt couldn't join us for this interview. The reason I really wanted to do this interview is, as you know, I love stories about you know, people had a hard time and then they took that, 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 you know, they struggled and struggled and struggled and they turned it into something great. And I really think that this story is one of those stories. And we talk a little about in this interview how Alex and Walt met at the I.O. Chicago. They were taking classes together. And when they were done with taking classes, they tried to get on a Herald team and neither one of them got on a Herald team. And so they took that creative energy and they put it towards the upstairs gallery. We talked to them about their special philosophy in running the upstairs gallery and why they decided by the end of the summer that after four years and a really successful run that they're going to close the space. But before we get to the interview, I just want to say lately I've been writing a lot more about improv than actually doing it. I've been teaching and interviewing and talking about improv more than doing it. And I'm the type of person that really needs to be performing on a regular basis, not only for professional reasons, but for personal reasons. Most importantly, my mental health. So last Tuesday, my agent calls me and says he has an audition for me for an independent film. So I, I read over the, the sides that they sent me and, and the, the breakdown of the character. And I like the character. I like the script. But more importantly, I wanted just to perform again, which was totally different for me. Because usually when I get an audition, the first thing I do is I put a lot of pressure on myself. And, 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 and it's all about just getting the, getting the part. And I just want to tell you something. That really hasn't worked for me in my life. So this, this idea of I just wanted to perform was something that an actor, and, and he might have been in Chicago or I might have seen it on, um, I don't know, on the internet or something, but I remember this actor saying about auditioning that really 
they look at it as an opportunity during the day to go into the audition for five or ten minutes, however long the audition's going to last, and to go in and, 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 and get to perform for them. And that, and, and, and I'm a slow learner, and this was probably 10 years ago or 15 years ago when I heard it. It finally clicked on this audition. Just go in and have fun performing. And I went in, and I had fun performing. I really had fun performing. I mean, it was like improv fun in performing, like you're doing a show. And it turns out that yesterday I got an email from my agent that... Uh, that they wanted to check my availability to see if I'm available for the dates, which means that I'm pretty close in getting the part. And I'm going to be totally honest with you. I'd love to do the movie, but if it doesn't happen, I, 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 I'm okay with it. Because what I got from it was to remember that, you know, to go in and just have fun and look at it as a performance. And I, I'm, I'm a little sad or... I have a little shame that I didn't learn this lesson because I've heard this lesson 10, 15 years ago. But nonetheless, I learned the lesson. I'm sure I'm going to forget it because that's how I operate. And then I'll remember it again. I hope that helped. I know this interview is going to help, especially if you are just started an improv theater or you're thinking about starting an improv theater or you're starting an improv team or group or, or doing any sort of independent project, I think you're really going to get a lot out of it. Here it is, Alex and Caitlin from the Upstairs Gallery. Jimmy's a nerd, he's a nerd, oh yeah. Jimmy's a nerd, he's a nerd. Hey, Jimmy. Oh my gosh. Thanks for doing the show. Thank I really you for appreciate it. And Walt, who is not here. Walt's not here. Okay. Now, do you feel? I feel disappointed that he's not here. Do you if, feel shame about it? If I felt disappointed about all the times that Walt wasn't here, <laughs> I'd be really bummed out. Is the, uh, Walt Delaney, is, the three of you started this. Yeah, absolutely. So, is he known for doing stuff like this? No, no, no. I mean, he, Walt uh, does like the. the Things that he really wants to do, and so apparently improv nerd was not one of them. No, no, no. He he got a run at CIC doing a, a solo show, uh, sort of like a two-part solo show with another guy, Chandler Goodman, um, and like you know you can't do the show without him, so right. he, you know he just went for it. Okay, uh, and you were laughing. That's kind of a, a Walt thing, right? <laughs> Isn't it? I yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, I mean, yeah, he's. He was sorry he couldn't be here. Okay, great. I'll, I'll turn over my my, my <laughs> disappointment and my anger about it. Okay, so you, now should, we, you should let them know, man. You gotta let. Are them, you serious? You gotta let people know how they how you, uh, make you feel. <laughs> <laughs> my dad told me that one time, and it was really good advice. Do you do, do you do that? Do you say? Will I say when I'm disappointed? Oh, disappointed, angry, hurt. Because I have a hard time with that stuff. If it's uh, if it's a friend, certainly. If it's a professional relationship, no, I won't do it. Okay. Uh, so you didn't say anything about Walt not doing the show today? No, no. Okay. I'm, I, also, I'm really happy he's doing a solo show. I think that's great. Yeah. I wish I could be more happy for him. Okay. <laughs> it's a great show. You should I, see I'm it. sure. He's a very talented you guy. You should go see, see the show and then tell him afterwards how it made you feel when you okay. were here. Okay. Because I would never do it before because then I would feel like, you know. Maybe I, you could use it, you know, like some great energy. 
It's right. You can use it. Uh, but I would always feel responsible. Like, if you get a bad show, I would feel responsible, like, because I said, said I was disappointed and angry he didn't do the show. Then he would do a bad show, and then I would feel responsible. He's not here. Let's not focus on him. Let's focus on the two yeah. people that how are here. How does it make us feel when you're saying you're mad? I don't know. How, does it, how does it make you guys feel? Um, makes me feel like I'm not good enough, Jimmy. Okay. What, that we're talking about Walt right now? And not you. <laughs> you guys showed up to the party, and Walt didn't. Yeah, let's talk about us. Great, let's do it. Okay, so let's start with you, Alex. How did you get into improv? Uh, I did improv in high school. Uh, short form stuff? Short form stuff in high school, that's right. And uh, did it for four years and then found out about long form in Chicago and was like, that sounds cool. And I was visiting a school out here and I saw a show. Where did you go to high school? Uh, in Massachusetts. Okay. In, uh, Newton, Massachusetts. Okay. And uh, saw a show at I.O. And that was, the team was Rattlesnake High School and it was a Herald and was like, this is really cool. I want to try to study this. So I went to Lake Forest College where I met Caitlin. Lake Forest here in Illinois. Yep, that's correct. Now, did you guys date? No. Okay, okay. Just want to get that clear. Just buds. Okay. Was there any sexual energy? <laughs> no. We were friends for like a We've we, been, It's been a decade. Yeah. It'll be a decade in August. We've known each other okay. for a really long time. Yeah. Okay. You were friends that you met at Lake Forest College. Yeah. Okay. So you come to I.O. and you see yeah. Rattlesnake High School. Right. And then you eventually come here and... Yeah, I took classes in college and had like... Uh, I was not good... I was not in a good headspace to be able to do good improv. Like I was trying. Why? Really, what was going on? Um, I was trying really hard to prove that I was good at improv, mm -hmm. and like that's like the worst way to to perform. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like it was from a place of like total fear and like wanting these people to like me and like wanting to be good at this thing. And uh, so I, I uh, stopped for a while, and then after graduation, I came back here and was like, uh, I think I'll try it again, and then got like roped in big time. And then you said you'd started a class at I.O. Mm -hmm. and you had a bad experience. Yeah. Okay, what was the bad experience? Um, it wasn't a bad experience. It was just a note that I wasn't ready to take. What was that note? Uh, Rachel Mason told me, uh, stop trying to be good. Right. And I was like... And she's very gentle when she gives notes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But she, she was... Uh, I'm being facetious. Oh, yeah, okay. I mean, she can be very... I was, like, I was like, maybe maybe she was, she is, but that was not how it was for right. me. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, so would you remember how that went down? Yeah, it was, they were just giving feedback at the end of like level two at I.O. And that was her note for me. And I, I was like really mad about it and like was like, that's bullshit. So I was like, I'm not going to do this for right now. And so I went and studied abroad and got into a serious relationship. And then, you know, when that stopped, I was kind of like, well, I'm, maybe I'm ready to give improv another chance. What was the note she gave you? You said, mm -hmm. stop trying to be so good. Yeah, stop trying to be good. How does that resonate now? Um, I think that if you are playing from a place of trying to prove something to the audience or trying to prove something to yourself or like trying to make improv moves in quotations. Right. You're not reacting or listening really. You're just sort of like planning everything ahead of time or like trying to do like some, some sort of thing as opposed to just like naturally reacting to things that are mm -hmm. happening around you. And so it's it's not it's not very compelling to watch. It feels kind of like hokey. Do you look back and say, okay, she was? Oh yeah, she's, she was 100% right. Yeah. Have you ever seen her and said thank you? No, I've never, we've ne we haven't seen each other. Okay. Um, but we are Facebook friends. Okay. Um, now, Caitlin, this is interesting. Yeah. You started out as a groupie. Is that right? Yeah. That's a terrible way of putting no, it. What do you mean? What do you mean? Think about it. And no, it's a valid way. I was just like hanging out with everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'm just jealous because I never had groupies when we did improv. <laughs> it must Don't tell these guys that. Look at big head. Okay. Uh, no, it was just like we were a couple years out of college, and it was that like what are you doing with your life kind of thing. And I just, 
I, improv was never a thing I wanted to do, per se. I just, like, found myself enjoying being around these people. Um, now, let me ask you, because, sure. again, I've never had groupies. Uh, stalkers, but not groupies. Uh, there is a difference. Um, what was it that you were enjoying about, you weren't performing yet, right. what were you enjoying about hanging out in, um, with improvisers? I think the honesty um, and the ability to just like own who you are uh, and not try so hard to be like cool or anything. Like we were all just a bunch of fucking dorks. And, um, what was your major at Lake Forest? <laughs> Double majored in economics and French. Okay. Um, I, I did like theater stuff in high school. I did musicals and such. Our theater program at Lake Forest is not great. Mm -hmm. um, I tried to do singing stuff there and it just never... Do they have an acapella team? Doesn't every school have an acapella team? Not like, not like the English Project, no. Okay. <laughs> so you're hanging around, all right? And then what gives you the impetus to like, I'm gonna do improv? Uh, I just needed like a change in my life and I just, it was like I started hanging out here and everybody At the just upstairs like, gallery? Yeah, when it was like in its very early stages, mm -hmm. it was just this front room and I just, liked being around these people that liked each other for who they were and um, they were just really having fun doing something that they loved so much and they really loved each other and supported each other so much and so it was like a cool community that I all of a sudden found myself in but like not from their student perspective but mm -hmm. they were just so welcoming of me to like hang out. So did you go to Alex and say hey I'm, I'm gonna take improv classes? Did no, you go got like improv from I only started taking classes in October. Okay. Uh, so it has always been like a complete backwards track for me. So mm -hmm. I, when this place started coming about, I was like, hey, look, if you need any help doing anything, I'm happy to do whatever you need. Like, I don't know, making posters or helping set up shop, whatever you need. And then when it became more of an official thing, he asked me to come on and do like the business side of things. So um, from there, I started doing that and getting a feel for shows and all the tech ourselves here, so I was kind of forced to be like, oh, you got it. You've seen enough shows. Uh, so, like, figuring out how to do tech, and be like, oh, I can just put together my own shows with people I like to watch. Um, so then I started producing an all-female run, um, and then finally, in October, I was like, I should just start taking classes. Um, Were I you had, performing before I that? had performed here and there. Okay. Um, nothing, like, very serious, mm -hmm. um, but I'd gotten up on stage before, and I was like, I'd like to know the actual like nuts and bolts of it. I know it from to become a it. performer. Or yeah. Okay. So you 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 want to become more of a performer? Yeah. You were behind the scenes. You want to come become more of a performer? Yeah. Now, I love this story about upstairs galleries. Mm -hmm. So take me back. You are taking classes mm -hmm. at the I.O. That's right. Yep. Okay. I'm taking classes at I.O. And then what happened? Um, and uh, some of our friends from college are renting just this front room mm -hmm. and calling it the part-time gallery. And uh, it's a art sort of, it's a room for like art openings and uh, readings and shows like that, of that nature. Um, and so I looked around and realized that there were people doing shows other places a lot more than I was in class. But before that, yeah. you, you and Walter in the I, at, at I.O. together, sure. right? Yep. And you don't get on a team, is that right? This so the, you're jumping ahead a little bit. Okay. The way it all sort of fits together is very seamless. Very okay. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we're we're in this front room. It's it's great. We're having a blast. The girls who are renting it uh, as a uh, art space decide they don't want to do it anymore. 
And so I and a friend named Eric Siegel, who lives in LA now, were like, okay, well, maybe we'll just rent it. So we talked to the guy who was running the music studio. We're like, can we rent the front room? He said, sure, it's 400 bucks a month. And we paid for like half the utilities or something like that. So, uh, and then we just held rehearsals and shows whenever they weren't recording. Uh, you know, like French post-hardcore music or whatever was getting recorded that week. Um, and it was going really, really well. Um, and then right around the time that uh, Walt and I didn't make teams was when um, they came to us and said, uh, we're not going to uh, run the music studio anymore. And we were kind of like, well, maybe we should take over the whole floor. So we talked to the landlord, he said, sure. So it kind of was this happy coincidence. And what was, what was the rent when you took it over? Um, I think the rent was probably around like $2,000, somewhere in that range. And are you panicked, like how we're gonna pay for this? Oh yeah, definitely, okay. yeah, definitely. And then, then what happens? How does it start to, to uh, you guys all come together and, and start to make this work? So at some point, Eric had sort of bowed out because he was too busy and Walt came on board um, and me and him are the ones on the lease. And then right when we took it over, we asked Caitlin to sort of come in and run the business side of things and like help us sort of manage everything. Um, so that's sort of how the, the trio uh, was formed. Um, and then from there, it was just kind of like a very gradual process of like building out exactly how this works. You know what I mean? So No, I don't. Did you guys have a business plan? No, I would not say No, we were we didn't know a anything. bunch of irresponsible, yeah. I mean, we're still irresponsible kids. And 28-year-old um, <laughs> kids. And like, we were like, this thing's working as it is. And we kind of crunched numbers and we were like, look, if we can't make rent from like charging people to rent it for rehearsals or shows, like, because we have normal day jobs, right. we could scrape together enough cash to pay for the rent. And then it happened to catch momentum that we were, I mean, we're breaking even. We're not making mass sums of money from this place. Uh, so it was just kind of a snowball effect. Like, can we do this? I don't know. Let's see. And and it's like, then, oh, yeah, we can. Oh, oh wow, wow. Look at this. You know? <laughs> so you've never had to reach into your pocket to cover the rent. No. Which is amazing. Yeah. I do have right. And when did it, when you took it over, when did it, and why do you, why, why do you think it had that snowball effect? Why do you think it was so popular? Um, I don't know. Uh, it's, it's been a, a question on my mind for a long time as well. It, uh, it felt like. There was this weird congruence of events where something like Chicago, there wasn't enough like spots at theaters for people who wanted to do things. And there were also people at theaters who were kind of feeling like they couldn't get spots at the theaters to do their own things that they wanted to do. And so there was just this thing where they started putting up, people started putting stuff up here and uh, some of it was just people figuring it out and some of it was really good, funny stuff that you know you couldn't see other places. And that just, we got some buzz and we never really looked back, you know? Did you have some, some some crap on stage when you first started. How how did you weed out that process? I'd say we still have. I mean, like, crap is yeah. crap is pretty subject, subjective because like a, a, a team's first couple improv shows are very rarely good. You know what I mean? Like they're they're they are figuring it out. They are understanding what it is to be on stage in front of an audience and like how to play with each other. Yeah. Um. And uh, you know, it's better to do that somewhere that's not a bar, you know what I mean? So Why, why is that better than a bar? Um, because it feels safer and you are more confident and you feel more respected and like people are more likely to come out to something I think if it's not at a bar. Like this, this space just gave things like a feeling of legitimacy that I think other places didn't have necessarily. Not to knock those places, I think they're great, but like 
that's why I think it resonated. Okay, but you're the business person, right? You have the most business experience. Of course, you were an economics major. Sure. So um, you probably trump the other two. Your philosophy is not to charge for a show, but to get donations. What was behind that? Um, I think because we wanted it to be a space that people wanted to be at and wanted to feel like there wasn't a reason for them to not come. Um, it's funny because I'm actually doing at my day job. I'm also producing an improv show, which is a weird colliding of worlds. But everybody's like, "No, we gotta charge five dollars at the door," and I'm like, "I don't think that that's a thing because there is someone out there who is gonna say, oh, I, I'm not gonna go. They're charging five dollars,' and I don't think that that should be a reason. I think if someone wants to see a show, they should see a show, and they should put the price tag on it, whatever they want. There are plenty of places in this city that are charging." for shows and the stuff that's going up here, it might not always be the best thing you're seeing, but if it's what you love and it's something you want to contribute to, then you should be able to contribute Let to it. Let me play devil's advocate. Sure. If, we're, if you're not charging for something, how are people going to see the value of it? Especially in improvisation, which I feel like we totally always undersell how and under- How are going to see the value of it? The audience. Um, they get to put whatever value they want on it. I don't think that a dollar sign is necessarily the value that needs to come from it. I think the experience of being in this room is is value enough. And if someone if someone's mom is completely offended by something that Wisnatch said during a show, which I have seen, <laughs> happen. what is Wisnatch? They're yeah. a hostage. Oh, and they're, they they what are they known for? Oh, uh, they just get raunchy and rowdy, they just, having yeah, fun. They just love pushing the envelope, and like they they don't care. Like they'll say anything. And it was it was so funny. I was watching it from like back there and. Like some, they were opening for some team where like a girl had her like family friends come in that were in town, and it was just not what they were expecting. And they were so utterly offended by everything that Wisnatch was doing. It was fantastic because they were like literally like, oh. Uh, but you know, that's what you get. And then I don't have to argue with those people about giving their money back. So you know. Now, did those people actually? Because there's a big jar where people put donations. Did those people actually stick their hand and get take, <laughs> take money out? Frankly, they might not have even put a dollar in there. But also, I think they knew that that money was ultimately like helping their friend, daughter, whoever it was, out. So they were like, "Well, okay, but that's just not for us." Yeah, the money doesn't go to us. The money goes to the renters. So mm -hmm. once we get the rental fee, you know, we're good. Right. That's it. Right. So like tonight, fifty dollars, I pay you, and then whatever. Whatever's left over, I take, and that's that's something that you do for everybody. Yeah. Yep. Which is very interesting because it makes it very accessible for mm -hmm. people, mm -hmm. and people can actually, if they bring in a crowd, can can put a couple dollars. Yeah. In. Yeah. Exactly. You, people have made money on shows and runs here before, you know. Oh yeah. Yeah. That does. It happens probably more than you'd think. You told me that there was one time that a show got too popular and you actually had to kick them out. Yeah, that's true. It, we, it wasn't really kick them out. It was also, it's, it's also like... I'm all things. about sensationalism. No, I know, I know. <laughs> it was more like, uh, it was West Perry and Friends. It's an incredible, uh, making uh, out with West Perry and Friends. Yeah, it's it's an incredible show. show. I think it's on a break right now, but it, it wound up at the hideout. Um, and he's this amazing... Um, he's so, so driven. And yeah. he's got such a unique perspective. He's too. great. And he's, he sings and he's just the best. And, and it show, was like a variety show, right? Variety show, and it, it got too popular. There were like there were shows where oh, they were I had being, to turn you know, people away. Yeah, and people get angry when you do yeah. that, you know, yeah. especially in a space like this. Um, we know that at improv nerds, <laughs> turning people away. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
So uh, we just sort of had a conversation with Wes, and I think he had a feeling too. But, but I, well, it was like a graduation. Yeah, it was like, that's the thing. Look, you did this thing, and, and like you're you've become so successful that you can't. You it's can't but I think what's cool about this is it really isn't designed to to do long term runs. Tomcat Project is another one mm -hmm. that was immediately sold out, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. and that that was uh, the the. Uh, Help me out here. It was the the, the Tom Cruise. It was Katie Brendan Ogburn's. Brendan Ogburn. Yeah. Walt was the was Tom Cruise. Was it was Tom Cruise? Walt's name again. We've evoked it. Um, <laughs> uh, and and that show went to the playground and then went to the Fringe Fest and stuff like that. But 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 this was a safe place to try it out. Yeah. And, and it really wasn't, it really couldn't continue here, right? Right. No. Yeah. yeah not not you know in the way that, that we sort of set things up. But that's the idea, you know, you, you have a run for a certain amount of time, you get to do it, and then it's time to take it somewhere else or try to figure it out somewhere else. And speaking of, mm -hmm. it's, it's, you know, we, we, we've done our run, it's time mm -hmm. to give it up. The big story I think people want to know is, now after almost four, four successful years here, you decided to call it quits yeah. at the end of August. Mm -hmm. How did you come to that decision? Um, I actually had the idea a while ago. Yeah, I just like ago. threw it out there and I was like, what if we started our sick adventures and we started counting down the number to see if anyone picked up on it and then ultimately it counted down to the demise of this place. And by demise, I mean like closing it, not any sort of other negative connotation. We're going to blow up the building. <laughs> <laughs> well, August 31st is in here. That would be so funny. Oh, God. <laughs> um, no, so... So I you had this idea to count down the days. It, to me, something says that maybe you, you felt that it was time to... Well, it was always a thing, I mean, just like the Wes Perry show, that we sort of knew we'd outgrown the space. So there are a couple of decisions at hand. Um, we've gotten essentially too big to contain ourselves in here. So do we get ourselves like super serious about what we're doing? Do we quit our day jobs? Do we take out a bunch of loans and open a legitimate theater? Um, uh, did you guys look at spaces? Oh, God. We've, I mean, we've been looking at spaces we've for done a long time. We've done a ton everything. of work, yeah. But we just ultimately, for right now, because we're not entirely clear on what our next move is, we just kind of wanted to cap this off at what it was, which was just a bunch of idiots doing ridiculous things in this room. Just like, we had a great time, and why have that like falter? Why yeah. tarnish that idea and that memory that we all have here? And instead, we'll just go out with a bang. And what did you feel when Caitlin comes and tells you this? Uh, at, at that time, that was a while ago. That was like oh, maybe, yeah, like, it was. I, maybe like two years ago or something like that. And so it was like, no, 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 no. Like this, we're gonna go on for this for a while longer. Um, and then over November break, I, I like had a, a mini crisis, like sort of thinking about like my life and what I want to do and stuff like what that. What was going on? Uh, just thinking about it, you know what I mean? Like, like, did you feel like, did you feel like, oh my God, I put all this into the theater and I'm not put, oh, giving myself God, enough no, time God, for no, myself? No. Um, it, it was definitely like, I am very, very busy and I wonder like when I will not be this busy and do I want to be this busy forever? Do we want to make a real theater? And the conclusion I came to over in November was that I was going to quit my day job and try to make Upstairs Gallery my full-time job. And that was in November. That was in November. Okay. I wrote, I wrote Caitlin like a really long email, like, oh, so "Here's bad. how it will, it's going to work. <laughs> Here's how I'm going to do it." Like, because I would, it, you know. And then, and I was on board. Yeah, that's yeah, what you we were going to do. I was 100 percent behind you. Um, but yeah. But uh, like, once I had that thought, started looking at it more realistically and practically, and like, it was sort of like peeling back the layers of like why that wasn't a good idea. And then a lot of other stuff happened. Why wasn't it a good idea? Um, it's just not really. 
where my head's at in terms of like what I might want to do long term. You know what I mean? Like to to take this place for what it was and then try to make it something else and then try to make it like a real business or try to like support myself with or try to do those, those things. Um, it felt like it would it would it would ruin what it had been. You know what I mean? And so like to, it was like hanging something else over it that it was never supposed to be. And that could just ruin it. Like people move away from Chicago. They go other places. Our friends stop doing things. Do we really want to be in like five years just doing the same thing we are now? You know, that that's the question. Because like it's it feels like it's sort of stopped growing in terms of what um, it would be next. Um, you know, like we kind of like I I'm happy with where I wound up. Yeah, I think where we started out, um, just a bunch of people needing a home to do their independent projects is not something we could have kept exactly the same. If we had moved to a different space, it would have changed the environment, it would have changed the the community we built up. Um, and like Alex said, people move away. Like, I mean, we've got friends moving now to LA and New York. And so our community that we knew would change. And so then that landscape kind of evolves. And um, I don't know, do we keep evolving with it? it? It just would have changed so much. And I think because we have so many great memories, um, we didn't want to try to keep confining it to that same idea. And when you say like you're really, really busy, uh, you, you know, like we've exchanged emails, you always get back very quickly and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Are you the, the, the point person? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, for, for booking and stuff like mm -hmm. that, certainly. Okay. So when Upstairs Gallery takes off, you guys are in the in, in, improv community. Mm -hmm. How do people, you were at IO, you, you, you didn't make a team, and then you started this, this Upstairs Gallery, it becomes a big hit. How do people start treating you differently now that you're running a very successful performance space? Um, I would say um, people definitely do treat me differently. And I don't know uh, if I, it will really make like, a lot of sense until like, I'm not doing it anymore and then I'm, I'm not a person. How, how, how did you see them treat you differently? Well, it's interesting to me because like, it happened at the same time as that I, I was no longer a student. And so, at I.O.? Yeah, so it's like I'm not a student anymore, which is sort of like I'm, I'm like at my, be my very beginning. So like no one treats you that great. Mm -hmm. Everyone's sort of nice to everyone, but like there was no reason for anyone to be particularly nice to me or like want to seek me out or anything like that. And then, you know, we're operating it people have always been really, really kind about stuff. So for me, it doesn't, it, it feels like maybe people are more interested in what I have to say or, you know, a little more curious, but like, I don't think that people actively like suck up to me or anything like that. Uh, and you know, maybe I'm in for a rude awakening or something like that in a couple of weeks when this all stops. But well, when, when you're in classes and people figure out that you're part of the upstairs gallery, do you get it? How do they react? Uh, when I started in like level one, I was starting with so many people who were like brand new to the city. They've been living in Chicago for like two years or two months uh, to say like, oh, I do this thing called the Upstairs Gallery. So many of them had no idea what it even was. And now that like I'm- I'd be pissed that they didn't. Well, you? No, like, you because don't know I why? Like, <laughs> <laughs> why waste your energy being angry about something like that? I, I am crazy. <laughs> I, 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 like, no. That's why you guys are gonna go Man, so much, it's so much farther than I. Am. If I took, if I took slut, there was one time where I was like a guy, basically like we booked a run or something like that, and we came up close to it, and he was like, you know what, we're only asking for like two days instead of four, and it was like the week before, and I was like, you know what, man, we you don't have a run anymore. Like I was just like basically like because I had been trying to get in touch with them for like a couple weeks. That was a lot of back and forth. Yeah, and it was like it was kind of like that's like my fuse is like if you're not respecting the space. 
or respecting us in some way, that's what will like make me angry. You know what I mean? But like in terms of not knowing, it's a, it's a room in Andersonville. You know, like none of this. <laughs> it's all made up in terms of it, it being like successful or a thing or anything like that. It's all just a happy accident. So yeah. you know, we worked hard, but yeah. I mean, I it was almost like a um, like a. It was kind of nice to not have any sort of notoriety yeah. in the early levels of IO. Um, to just be another person experiencing level one and two with everybody. Now people know who I am, and sometimes people are like, oh, I want to talk to you about getting around. And I'm like, all right, send an email. Is that how you get around? It's just simple. That, that's it's, your policy? It's a Google form. That it's you just a Google out, form. And then we go through it. I mean, Alex goes through it most of the time, but um, we try to go through it together and kind of map out what the next month's schedule is going to be. Oh, there's like structure, so like Tuesdays is for like newer runs, Wednesdays yeah. for rotating weekly shows, Thursdays or you know Thursday through Friday we try to put up stuff that we're excited about usually. Now I circumvented all of the Google stuff. I don't. Mm -hmm. I mean I just went directly to you. Sure. You well, know. you're you're a, you're an important person, man. Yes. Really? It's certainly. Yeah. You know, you're you're someone. Uh, I know you. <laughs> I knew you only based on your headshot that hangs at SMG Diner. That's it. Now, for people that <laughs> for people that SMG Diner is, is a no, great. No, that wasn't it. But like, I was like, oh, no, no, no. that was it. Okay. okay. There, it, it's it's a Greek restaurant in Chicago, and there's basically a picture of me, I, uh, and it says like the best soups in Chicago or something, and that's what you remember me. <laughs> that's great. Now, the thing so I love. Yeah. Right. Am I pissed? <laughs> uh, we'll no, we'll no. We'll take this off. Okay, yeah. Let's focus on our relationship. I, I'm, I'm beyond Walt now. You guys showed up. Um, you said sure. You don't think I'm over? No, I, I, I said sure. I'm just thinking about how funny it'll be if Walt listens to this. Like, well, he's not gonna listen to it. He might. We'll okay. See. You think he will? Uh, he, probably, yeah. Okay. Um, now, people that are listening to, to this podcast. <laughs> What can you tell them if they want to start a space? What are the secrets? What makes this work? Uh, find people you like to work with, work with them, and uh, take a risk. Do it. Don't take such a risk that you will be broken if it fails. But like, just you know, if if you're thinking about doing something, just go for it. You know, because and it, commit to it. Yeah, you have to. And what does that mean? Commit to it? Because I, I think today improvisers they're not that they they commit way too I, much on spread themselves way too thin. Yeah, I, it's funny because I didn't I didn't always know that people realized how much we did behind the scenes mm -hmm. and that is maintaining the space regardless if there's toilet paper or not. Um, but it's like maintaining the space, maintaining, there's a lot that goes into like a month, like the monthly schedule, responding to emails and now putting on a festival. But um yeah, it takes a lot. Yeah, and a lot we spend a lot of time on it. Do you feel like I had to sacrifice some performing to do this? Do, where's the sacrifice? Certainly, but what I've gotten out of it has outweighed so measurably more. What have you got out of it? Because people who start, mm -hmm. they're not thinking, oh, I'm going to be a producer. They're thinking, I'm going to be a performer. I'm going to be a writer. So what have you got out of it? I think, especially when I went through I.O. the first time, I was learning how to improvise. When I went through the second time, I was an improviser. And that was because I 
ran a space where I could get sets, you know, a couple times a week if I wanted to, to get performance time in. Also, I was producing shows, you know, I've, I've made a ton of interesting contacts with interesting people who've like booked runs here who wanted to work here. Like, this has really been my life for the last four years. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, sort of come out the other side and like have had this experience of working with so many great people and doing so much work. It's just incredible. It's, you know, it's, it's like I feel like I can do anything. Uh, it's funny because for me, I'm not sure what I had to lose. Um, I came in it completely unknowing what I was even getting myself into. So I've only gained from this. Um, and I would never have even thought of taking improv classes. Had I not even gotten involved in this space, comedy was probably, like, I probably would have been the person that voted for best comedy troupe as being all of the Second City. Like, I just... In, I in the Chicago Reader. You guys know what I'm talking about. Meaning you're, you're, it, was, it was so narrow. Yeah, I just would have been like any other person that I work with that like, it, I try to explain it to them and they're like, oh, like stand-up? And I'm like, so, I mean, that's comedy too, but... Um, that's a really polite way of handling that. Like, yeah. I'm like, no, not like stand-up. <laughs> no, it's funny. That's much more diplomatic. I, I have to like gauge who I'm talking to if I can like actually yeah. go into it and then they still, it's whatever. But um, no, I... It's opened me up to this entire world, and I've gotten all these friends, and it's like a whole giant family that I never would have gotten. Um, yeah, friendship is a, that's something I didn't talk about. Like, I've met the best people in the world through this place. Yeah. Um, friends forever, you know. Yeah, you know, I met my boyfriend from here, who is from Pittsburgh also, which is so strange, but, like, I met him through here at this space, and, like, my entire life has changed because of this space. What's the weirdest thing you ever saw in this space? Like... A group comes in, it's 10 o'clock, they're supposed to be out at 10 o'clock, you come in and two people are having sex. The, the, so there's, there's nothing like that. Um, the first Sovereign show that got done here... In and what was Sovereign? So Sovereign's a sketch group that is Mike Classic and Clayton Margison. Mm -hmm. um, a two-person sketch group. Two-person sketch group. They are in a group called Hijinks that performs at the public house once a month with uh, the group Two Bunnies Eating Flowers. Um, they put up a show here where they would show up at 5 o'clock and put... Uh, That's why, like, if you look the over there, like, all of that that got ripped off is all from their duct tape. So they would put a, a plastic sort of, like, lining all over the space, and then they would do a show that was so grotesque and messy and insane that, like, it was only a month, and I never wanted to do anything like it ever again. Like, there was a point where they were on stage, and, like, Clayton had a real knife, a real Bowie knife, and was just stabbing a pumpkin, like, inches from Classic's head. It's just like stuff like that where it's like this is very unsafe <laughs> and like and also just really messy. So that, messy. It taught us a lot about like yeah. kind of asking the right questions of like so like are you gonna make a mess? Um, and if you are, are you okay cleaning it up? Yeah. And will, you will clean it up. Yes. What's the hardest part of this job? I think sometimes having to wear the business hat when you're dealing with your friends. Yeah, like, when you gotta chase friends down and be like, you still kinda owe for that run and it's from February of last year kind of thing, but... Uh, are, are you, do people owe you some money? Oh yeah. Are you serious? Sure, yeah. A lot of times it just happens from forgetfulness. I don't think yeah. anybody's like out to screw us, but... That's I how think... I look at the world. Everyone's out to screw us. No, I mean, and sure, maybe somebody is, but eventually that's just like, well, I'm not even that's not worth me chasing down. So chasing but, down people money, what's the hardest thing for you? Um, I, I would say it's that thing of, of like, uh, 
Definitely that, and then um, probably sometimes feeling like trapped up here occasionally, where it's like there will be a show on at ten thirty on a Saturday that I'm necessarily like super interested in. Like I'm glad that they're performing, that they have the space to do it, but like I, you know, it's something that I've maybe like seen before, or like you know something I'm just not super excited about. And then I have to be here, you know. So it's like I can't go on a Saturday and just be around like my friends from college or something like that, or my other improv friends. Like there has to be someone here, sort of, you know, responsible. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna improvise now. Great. Tell us a little about the style that the upstairs gallery is known for with their improvisation. I would say small groups of friends mm -hmm. performing what they think is funny for each other. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that kind of hits the nail on the head. Um, it's usually quicker stuff, but you, I mean, that's the joy of the space. You see everything. You just so it's smaller groups, would you say? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think I, this room's too small. You've, I've seen shows where they have like 10 people up here and it's, it's impressive. It's, it's scrunched. Yeah. And I noticed the opening who, who were great. Great. Great group. They all wanted to have a beer before the show. Sure. Is that pretty common now? Am I an old man? Um, well, no. Yes, I am. <laughs> I don't know. That's a good question. I think it depends on the, like what the show is, I think we have kind of established a very casual feel. So it's like, mm, just come on, like, have a beer, have a beer, no, 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 hang out. It. It's always just been like a hangout. Okay. All right. So we're going to improvise. Do you want a beer before the show? No, I don't drink. I don't drink at all. And, and uh, yeah, I don't drink. Okay. Yeah. Sorry about that. That's okay. That's all right. Thank you for the offer. Um, okay. So we're going to improvise. Uh, we're going to do, what would you guys like to do? Um, so what, what do you think is funny? What do you like? Well, I like like one scene. There's the lights. They just went down. Uh, <laughs> just, just ignore that. Um, I like to do like slower stuff, more like more real kind of stuff. Like more like re relationship based. Sure, we can do that. But, but uh, how about within that world, we move pretty quickly between scenes. So okay, so you want to do multiple scenes? Sure. Okay, great. Well, what do you how are we going to edit? Just a sweep know? edit? Um, Let's do one scene. Let's keep it clean. Yeah, it's. I think it's short enough that we can do cool. one scene. So we're, we'll go about eight. Caitlin and I have never Look, improvised together. No, we haven't. Are you serious? Yeah, it's going to be really fun. I know. I'm, I'm, I've been excited. And you're just friends. There, there was that. never anything between you guys in college. No, we realized a long time ago. It was like, no. If this was a thing we were going to do, no, we can't. There was um, uh, like a time in college when it, like, it was like, huh? And it was like, no, no. You know, it was, well, like, it was like for a couple seconds. Well, it was like question mark, and then it was like there is no question mark. Like, yeah. think not these things. You know, you know what I mean. I know what you, you mean. Yeah, I know. What you mean. <laughs> okay, what are we going to start for? A, what, what do you guys like to start for a suggestion? Um, just anything at all. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to take a suggestion, and we're just going to talk about your process, so uh, people understand how. Oh, you so think. we're going to take a suggestion, then I'll say what it reminds me of, and or how, how you process a suggestion. Yeah, sure. Right. So, can we have a suggestion? Kitty litter. Kitty litter. So, you hear kitty litter. What, what? For me, I would probably like start like calling for a cat or something like that. Okay. You know, just sort of be like, hey, where did that cat go? Where'd it up to? <laughs> <laughs> okay. What, when you hear kitty litter, what would you do? Uh, I really like think of my childhood. So, I would probably go to. <laughs> Student, like a regular improv performer. Yeah. <laughs> well, are we gonna do like an opening? Like, what are we doing here? Um, 
Yeah, I would like, I would go probably to like being a kid or something. I don't know. Okay. I hear like for me, it's like I enjoy, because I have a cat, my wife and I have been a cat, and I love cleaning the litter box. So I don't know how I can make that part of what I'm going to do. But maybe I'll <laughs> that was, I was You're not high. Are you not high, are you? No. Okay. Do you, do, you really, do, you think I, do you think I'd like seem high right now? A, a little. There's like like a. Is it because I'm like so like just like chill and relaxed? Or yes. Yes. But all, and have people said that before, to you before? Honestly, never. Okay. <laughs> but you almost you almost have like a, 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 a really. Like a half second delay. That's just great timing. You know. Yeah. I, I'm gonna take a what, what, what do you I'm think about me right now? I think it's great. I can't wait to impress with you. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, we gonna. Uh, we don't need a location because we got a no? suggestion. Yeah, okay. I'm ready. Did she, did she look sad? 
I hit you too hard. I'm so sorry. It's okay. I deserved it. She gained weight because she's pregnant. Come on. You know Tom? You know Tom? Tom, like tall, the banker, tall Tom, Tom, good-looking Tom, big, tall banker Tom. Yes, a dick, and we all know it. Thank He's you. a dick because he makes a lot of money. <laughs> they look so. Still means he's a dick. They look so happy. So it's Tom. Tom's doing it. Tom's sticking it to her. Yeah, well, you don't have to say it like that. Well, don't say it like what? Don't we point at me. Don't, don't point at me, what? please, Nick. Nick, you can't wish someone on who is have cancer. You gotta get cancer. You gotta smoke or do something. I'm sure if I wished hard enough, you'd get cancer. Nick, why are you so? Why are you doing this? Huh? Why are you doing this? I don't know, man. This is why Brenda broke up with you in the first place because of your anger. Okay. Flashes of Brenda now. Here we go. Lay it on me. Well, we talked about it. The whole thing. We talked about how your anger and how you push people away with it. I push people away because they deserve to be pushed. (laughs) She was also not great. Thank you. Her and Tom kind of deserve each other. Because they're really good-looking people. <laughs> she was above. I was punching above my weight from the get-go, okay? But, like, once that thing stops, it's the worst. Because it's like, I'll never be with someone that pretty again. You're right. And you realized that early. So now it's smooth sailing. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. She wanted me to give you a message. <laughs> <laughs> She's been trying to call you, but you don't you don't pick up the phone. I'm just letting it ring. I took out my phone machine. Messages. Well, this place is a. <laughs> the cats do what they want. All right. The cats are my only friends, as far as I'm concerned. All right. They're not even your cats. Brenda well, wants her cats back. Is that the message? Yes. We're well, gonna come the fuck over here and take them. Hey, back. come on, Nick! Will you stop it? Stop the pointing. Yeah, stop the pointing. That hurts. Mm-hmm. Don't. Oh, you're gonna block my pointing? This way. That feels effective. It is. <laughs> you really are not any help right now. Because I, I thought we agreed we weren't gonna bring up the Brenda and Tom situation. What do, look, look at he's depressed. So do you want him? Why are we adding insult to injury? Because I want him to bottom out with the Brenda stuff. <laughs> I've bottomed out. No, you haven't. Yeah. I think the condition of this whole place. When was the last time you were at work? Huh? When was the last time you were at work? They love me there. <laughs> a while ago. Because I was at the car wash and they're like, oh, where is he? And I keep covering for you. Being a shift manager at a car wash is not all it's cracked up to be. I know. I haven't shimmy toweled for years. He's in management. You were the best one they had. I shimmy towel your car because we're friends and you're my doctor. (laughs) I am so sorry. I was excited and I reacted poorly. I'm sorry. Let's eat the chips and guac. It was supposed to, that was supposed to like do I I made some food too. What did you make? What did you make? All I have is, I have a bowl of milk for us. (laughs) <laughs> you made that? Well, it's something. Oh my god, you have gotten worse. If it you is, made a bowl of milk, how long did it take you to make it? took me a while. <laughs> <laughs> god. What else did you do today? Huh? What else did you do today? I counted the cats, and then I went up and down. How many cats are there? Huh? How many cats? There are 16 cats. 16 cats. Hmm? Hmm? What? 
hear a sound or not? I don't. I'm not 100%. In your opinion as a physician, is the cat dead? I didn't see or hear it. So... You are trying to get out of the fact that you killed a fucking cat. No, <laughs> Yes, No. Are. That is what is happening right now. <laughs> what does it matter? You have 15 you, more cats. Oh, yeah. okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Parts of it, yes. Yeah. Did, were you having fun throughout the I had, I had fun a lot of the time, yeah. When were you having fun? Um, I was having fun when it felt like there were moments like when we were sort of giving each other gifts and sort of flowing. There were a couple of pauses where it felt like the gears were grinding a little bit and we were trying to figure out what was next, what we were going to talk about. Right. And that's when it wasn't fun. Okay. How about for you? I thought it was fun. Um, yeah, I felt like the, the like pause where we were trying to... It's like a reset. Yeah. It was weird. But I had fun. I had fun playing with you. Yeah, that was really fun playing how with you. Fun. How was it playing with you guys? Because you've never played with each other before. She's really good. She's a really good improviser. Oh, thank you. Thanks. How'd you feel about it yourself? Um, actually, I felt great about it because I'm not going to lie, I was kind of nervous. Really? Yeah. Were you nervous at all? No. You wouldn't be nervous. Not I'm at all. Because like it's your space. I, I don't like. I do get nervous before shows sometimes, but not often. Okay. It's, it's very lucky. I, I wasn't that nervous either. I thought we could have done a better job of listening to each other and, sure. and getting behind more ideas. Like it seemed like sometimes we were grabbing for straws. Like the, the you know, like we kept changing stuff. I wish, we had, I wish we had invested a little bit more in your character. I don't feel like uh, when it came time, it was you know, sort of like pinging around with like a three-person scene. Yeah. Now to explain the pinging around stuff. Well, it's it's that thing. I took a workshop with Jason Schatz once, and he mentioned something that like felt really true, which is like. Um, you know, you sort of like have like the music of the scene mm -hmm. where everyone has like a thing they're saying. Mm -hmm. But if someone has not, if someone doesn't have like their thing, it's kind of like the, just the two thing, and then like the other one like only occasionally. Right. Um, and so uh, when it came time to sort of like look to you, I was like, we didn't do a good enough job investing early on in, in the character to like really give you like more of an identity outside of the fact that like you wanted to like come after me. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So it was like we kept on returning to that. Right. Yeah. Well, I started out trying to, you know, taking the, <coughs> liking to clean the cat box yeah. and starting with joy. Yeah. And I try to hold on to that, but I, I have a hard time in life holding on to joy, and I have a very hard time in the scene because sure. I kind of was, I kind of fell back to the character that I always do, like, you know, yeah. I'm going to call you out on stuff. I'm going to call you out on stuff. I'm going to give you information. Yeah, stuff definitely. Like that. So. Yeah, I thought the information you were giving was great. Like, I, I love the Brenda thing is like super fun. It's like, yeah. what a fun trope to play with, just like the broken man. I love playing broken man. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I think you really embraced that that character of like this guy that hasn't left his uh, his it's apartment. A, it's a blast. Yeah. Just be a big loser. I love it. Okay, so we're gonna take some uh, questions from the audience. Cool. Here at upstairs gallery, we have how many how many days left until ninety. Uh, I don't know. 90, don't 90 days left and counting. When this, end of August. Okay. Yeah. So when this airs, it'll probably be more like 70 days and counting. 
So uh, let's open the floor to uh, some questions. Uh, right here, Matthew. Uh, Kayla? Yep. Uh, you, I know a lot of people who've like learned improv on the job for so long <laughs> before they ever took a class. Yeah. Can you talk about, I guess just talk about that generally, what can you learn about taking a class? What do you need to take a class for? What will well, you learn even here? I mean, I was learning just as like a, a viewer. So it was like, what do I enjoy watching? And for me, it was always like genuine relationships and um, like investing. I'm using all like proper improv terminology, which I wouldn't have used two years ago, but like people who you can tell like each other on stage was always a thing that I was like, oh, that's cool. And when it was something that I could watch and be like, oh man, that looks like it's something I could do. Um, those were always the things I liked watching. And so finally when I was like, no, that's definitely something I can do. Uh, these are things that I've just like taken with me. So, um, like now in classes, I I can recognize like, oh, that is why I like that thing because they are investing and they're naming specifics and like things that just seem like they're so natural, but it's it's why I liked the things I was watching. Does that make sense? Yep. Can I answer that well for you? Yeah. yeah. Uh, another question? Yeah, right here, Tom. What I was thinking about was when you signed your first lease in 2001, was the initial worry not making a dollar that day of the month? And how did that handle your parents? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's a very, very real fear. Um, we had lined it up so that basically, like, we knew we could make, like, X amount, and then we just sort of opened it, and there were a few, like, lean months at the beginning, and then once, I think, word got out and, like, people would come see their friends and shows and stuff like that, we never really had a problem. You know, you also had an article in, uh, on Splitsider, which is this internet uh, website that covers comedy. How did that help you guys? Oh, it, I think it helped immensely in terms of like giving the space a sense of legitimacy and sort of like revealing what we had going on here. Yeah, it, it, legitimacy for sure. It was no longer just a couple of kids playing around. It was like, oh, they are trying to do something up there. Yeah. Great, uh, another question? Yeah. Um, I guess I could say uh, off the bat that I've gone to so many different kinds of shows here, not just with the house teams, but also, and with outside uh, improvisers who want to put something on here. But you've also done a various amount of series of different kinds of shows. Um, right off the bat, I know Improv Crush was one that I was always like oh, really yeah, taken yeah. by, or also the smaller set ones. What, what are some no, of the favorite that. moments that'll stick out for you guys? There's a lot of them. Yeah, I've got a couple that pop out. I remember sitting here, and it was jam-packed, and I think I was running a video camera for some reason in the back, and I believe it was a Have You Ever Had a Dream You Could Do Anything Hour show, and I think it was right after my dad had died, and I remember sitting in this room, and the lights were kind of dim, and it was super hot, but like the energy was amazing, and I remember like kind of getting teared up and being like, man, if my dad had like seen this thing, he would have been like, like just like, what? Wow, like what a cool thing. Uh, and like that's one of the moments that I remember in the back of my head for sure. Alex? Um, there was a moment that uh, what, right after we made the house teams like a couple of years ago, we were doing a house team out here where everyone got like short sets. And the last group that played that night, I think was Dead Money. And at some point, like they like 
started playing like a fake freeze game like in the show because it was so like sort of off the wall and goofy. And another someone from another house team from uh, Kevin from DMNK walked on stage and like shouted freeze and like tagged someone out. And then everyone in the audience who were around the house teams were like. Ah! And just like rushed the stage, and it became this like giant, weird, like mass of people on stage, like almost like a like a party where everyone was dancing, and um, it was like the most exciting and electric like moment that, that I had night seen. We all ended up chanting and like carrying Jameson. Jameson yeah, yeah, that was that's like that's that, yeah. Who was Jameson? Jameson Webb. Okay. I think he did a lot of the instigating and chanting. Yeah, that. yeah. He read a really sad story about like getting broken up with in college, yeah. uh-huh. and like everyone in the audience felt so bad that everyone got up on stage and like hugged him and then like carried him out of like this, oh, like, being like Jameson. Like, and then they put him up above, yeah, and then, then they like, walked out with him. They carried him right down the hall. Oh. It was really funny. Tell me, <laughs> I'm not a very emotional guy. Uh, tell me about. How you pick house teams? You know, Io has their system, UCB has their system. How do you guys pick house teams? Um, there's no auditions. Nope. There's no uh, classes. It's usually a team of folks who do uh, a run with us, um, and we just think they're like very talented, and we want to figure out a way for them to perform more here outside of just like renting the space. So yeah, if you become, we, a- we don't assemble the teams. Yeah. They so don't. I could assemble a house team and come to you and say after I've been performing here for a while, I'd like to be a house team? I would almost never recommend saying that to us. No, we'd probably be like, come oh. on. What's the best thing to say to you to get? <laughs> don't say anything to us about it. Never mention it. No, swear to God. Don't Are you even serious? I, I'm hints? being 100% serious. Don't it's, drop hints. Don't do anything. It's, it's just showing up here and like showing your commitment and how much you love. Now you say that, and I, you're serious about it. Don't say anything. Um, so, how... How do people, because let's, you know, anybody who's in a space, you know, uh, I.O., Second City, we're all trying to, you know, Annoyance, UCB, The Pit, Magnet, whatever, you're always trying to figure out how you can get more stage time, right? So, if you're not saying, if you, how, how do people figure that out? Figure what out? That you're not supposed to say anything, you're just going to come and say, okay, you're a house team. I think if they get it. Yeah, if you if you ask, then it's probably probably like then you're probably here for the wrong. Like if if anyone sees being on an upstairs gallery house team as a building or like a building block to somewhere else, then it's yeah, then it's like probably you know then like we'd rather you not be a house team. I would much rather you be here performing because you really like improv and you want to improvise with your friends. You know that sort of thing. Great. Uh, Let's take another question. Yeah, uh, Joe. Yeah, you mentioned that. at one point, you were you were either trying too hard to impress people at while you improvised and took some time off. Yeah. When you came back, was was that all gone, or did you have to? No, no, it was not. It was not gone. It, I, it, I just had the clarity to realize that, like, oh no, I am trying way too hard. <laughs> um, I don't think I was very good at improv all through I/O, and I probably only became better like once this place had been around for like a year, and then I was like, you know, about like two or three years deep. And was like starting to get some confidence and like feel kind of like comfortable on stage and stuff like that. Um, but there's like such a gap between when you're getting started and like you have. It's like that great Ira Glass quote where it's like the reason you do creative stuff is because you have great taste. But when you start out, you're so bad at doing it. And a lot of people get dissuaded and like stop doing it. But like the way to get better is just to keep on practicing. 
And that was certainly the case with me. Is there a certain age? Because I, I still have a couple more years to go. <laughs> um, and I'm serious when I say that. Yeah. Um, Maybe it doesn't happen for some people. I think everyone's like, <laughs> <laughs> but like, if that's the case, <laughs> if that's the case, like, then you have nothing to lose. Like, then who gives a shit? Like, if you'll never feel that way, maybe that's the doorway to that for you. You know what this, I mean? This is what I love about you. You're, you, you, uh, you're so dark. I'm horrified right now. No, 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 no. You're so d- underneath your dark. Like there's a darkness to you, sure. but you're so like sweet. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, so that didn't even. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, uh, no, I hear what you're saying. I, I'm sorry. I was not trying to be rude. Like I didn't take it rude. Okay, I good. enjoyed I'm so it. Glad. I'm so glad. I, 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 okay. Uh, so uh, another question. Yeah. Uh, Obviously, you've had a, a variety of people who have played here yeah. over the last four years. Um, were there, on one end, it, was there ever anybody who showed up to perform that you were shocked would ever want to be here, or even heard about you? And on the flip side, was there ever anybody that you really hoped would come here at some point but never had? I think consistently the first year, whenever someone would come here, we were shocked. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. There, there's a great... Uh, Andrew Tischer posted it recently, but like we messaged uh, Neil Paulden, which was like a very hot Herald team at one point. Wasn't that so funny? Um, uh, and they were like at IO. They were at IO, and they were at IO, and it was like it was like a big deal to message them. I, I like had to work up the courage to do it. Um, so I mean, I, I felt for a long time that like the people on Herald teams at IO were like so far beyond me, or like any sort of like. You know, like that, that was for like people who were really good or was like being part of the sort of like community out there that like I would never be a part of or I didn't deserve to be a part of. Um, and you know, that only goes away once you interact with those people more and more. But we've been very lucky in terms of like people sort of coming by and playing. Um, for a long time, it was like, I hope, I hope, we hope somebody like TJ would play here. He did uh, once a couple TJ Jagodowski? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, you had like Tim Baltz has come here many times? Baltz has played here a bunch uh, towards the end of his time in Chicago. Tim Robinson played here at a living room one time in like what is still one of my favorite stories. Um, so we, we put up a run of living rooms here and. Uh, Just so Tim Robinson, who's on Saturday, SNL, he's like Cook County. Very, so very funny member of that, unique. You know, Point of view, incredible, incredible yeah. performer, um, and like one of the, like legitimate funny people. Who you're like, man, I'll, I'll, I just quit because I'll never be as funny as that mm-hmm. guy. Um, and uh, he, like, one, I met him something. He was like really cool and was like, oh, the gallery. Like, let me know if you ever like, you know, if you want to play. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah. Like, I'll definitely let you know. So I Facebook friended him, and then we had someone drop out of the living room one night, and I messaged him. Was like, hey man, just so you know, like, if you're free tonight, we have a spot in the living room if you want to come. And he's like, living room is a long, yeah, it's show. a long form show where you sort of have conversations that you seem inspired by it. And then he wrote me back like two hours later, like, hey man, yeah, I can do it. I'll see you there. Um, and so I read that as I was in the office, and I, and I walked out, and like it was like I had a little secret that like no one else performing knew <laughs> that Tim Robinson was going to be here. And you know, it was maybe like a a five person house or something like that. But he showed up, and like everyone who was playing was kind of like. Okay, like, you know, I have to, like, sit a little straighter or do something. And, like, him and John Sainbein did a scene that I thought that was, like, still, like, one of the funniest scenes I've seen, you know, in, in a show in a while. It was so great. But, like, stuff like that happens, and that's, that's really, really fun. And Cook County's played here, right? Cook County's never played here, no. He's never played here, no. Uh, the Reckoning played here, right? The Reckoning did play here, and that was nuts. 
as well. In terms of what? The crowd? Uh, no, just in, ter in terms of like your heroes like checking out the thing you're doing. Like they, that was a team I saw a lot when I was in classes. And so, you know, it's that hero worship improviser Chicago thing where you like see those people and you're like, God, like, will I ever be good enough to do that sort well, of work? Well, and that's like, you mentioned improv crush. That, to me, that entire yeah, run right. is just like, the fact that anybody is so game to come and play. This is the run that um, I actually co-produced with my boyfriend because he and I were just having a conversation one night and he was like, man, when I was going through classes, like, I loved Steve Altine. I thought he was great. I think it would be awesome if I could ever play with him. And I was like, why couldn't we just do that? Yeah. And because I've had that conversation with so many people where they immediately, they always can name the person that made them fall in love with improv and like the reason why they wanted to do it. And so like, I just kind of put feelers out to see if other people would want to do it. And so they named a bunch of people. I took all of the people they named and emailed those people and said, hey, someone named you as the person that made them fall in love with improv. Would you want to do a set with them? And the reception we got from that was amazing. Yeah, it was cool. Uh, and so we've done that run twice now. I'd like to maybe do it a third time before the space closes, and if not, I mean, it's for sure going up at Jackal Hall. I hope someone picks me this time. I, I really do. I'm putting that out there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you can name someone. I can name someone? You can name someone that you have a crush yeah. on. If they're here in Chicago, we can try to get them to come out and play. Okay, then we play together? Yeah. Okay, great. Uh, do I have to email? Uh, I'll, I'll let you know. Okay, great. Because I'd love to be a part of it. Yeah. Um, there's, a, there, there's a happy ending to the, the not being on an I.O. team. Didn't you guys then go back to I.O. and have a run? Yeah, yeah. Well, so, you know, when you go through class, when I went to class the second time, it was like, oh my God, like, like the difference between that. Can we you know? stop for a second? Sure. What, 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 um, why did you decide to go through I.O. again? It's a, it seems like it's I a really, very common I really, really, really wanted to be on the Herald team. Okay. And I'm still very happy. Like, I love my team so much. I've, uh -huh. uh, I was put on a team, and then that team got cut. I got put on a second team. And both teams have been incredible. I've had really great experiences with both of them. So I I'm, I'm consider myself very lucky. So that was a goal of yours, is to be on a Herald Big team. Time, and you yeah. were going to do whatever you could, yep. if that means you had to repeat the program. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I got through audition, so I, was, I didn't have to do five Bs again. But, like, I was ready to do that again and excited to. So tell us about the team that <coughs> eventually... Sure. Uh, my, the three-person team, I, I'm on with Walt Looney, Brian McGovern... Um, we, uh, the creative director of I.O. Uh, Who was uh, that? Michael Balzer. Okay. Uh, or Baz. He, he pitched a run, a run that was DMNK, Dead Money, and Pizza Party, which are all house teams um, at Upstairs Gallery. And it was like, yeah, we'll do that. <laughs> that sounds great. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it was really like a dream come true to have that slot. We had it for, I think, what, like seven months or something like that. Um, and it was, it was the best. It was so much fun. Because it really felt like, you know, a buy-in in terms of like us all as performers and what we had been doing up here for a while. Because it was almost like an upstairs gallery night at I.O. It was. Yeah, it was great. And downstairs at the same time was Superhuman, which is, a you know, I, I don't know if they had their first show here, but they had one of their first yeah. shows here. They did? Yeah. Cool. What did you learn about... That was so... I thought I was going to laugh for Sharon and it didn't get... Right. <laughs> I, made a, I made a hand pump motion uh, and awesome. did not respond well with anyone. So. But you know what? I think you'll get a laugh with the podcast audience. Cool. Okay. Um, what did you What did you learn from being rejected from IO? Um, that just because, um, well, first of all, the class I went through had so many talented people in it that, like, you know, like I didn't necessarily deserve to be on a team at that point. That was something that, like, just because I wanted something really badly didn't mean it was going to happen. Um, and like that, there was still a lot for me to learn. 
Um, I felt like I was I was good enough at that point. I felt like it, but like the fact that I didn't make it means that I wasn't so good that they couldn't possibly reject me. You know what I mean? Um, which I feel like happens at I.O. very rarely, that someone is like really, really talented that they don't take. So you can always be better. Uh, and that's something I learned then and something I, I try to remember now is that you can always get better at improv. You can always be better. And how would things have been different had you gotten on the team immediately? I, I think it would have been much worse for me. I think I'm, I'm much, I'm very glad I did not make a team at I.O. right out of You wouldn't have been homeless um, by no, now. I, I, uh, <laughs> Um, I, I would not have invested in this as much as I did. I would not have worked as hard as I did. Um, like it was a, a total blessing in disguise that I didn't get put on a team. Although the team that got made was Meridian, who still plays, and like really good Herald team. Matt Baratz is not very good on that team, but everyone else is very good. Is that the team that you wanted to be on? Uh, that, was, that, that was the team that got made out of my level. That would have been really cool. Was it hard for you to watch those guys go on and stuff? Just like maybe it? the first show, but they are so good. That it's like, <laughs> if I don't go see them, I'm missing some of the best tryouts get done at I.O. So mm -hmm. like, I don't want to... You're not a jealous person at all, are you? Um, I, I am. I certainly what am. What do you get jealous about? Um, I don't know. <laughs> so, I, I'm, sure, I'm sure I'm jealous about people getting to play Meridian. I'm sure about that. I just don't... I don't know. I don't want that to influence like you know how how I live my life or how I treat people or anything like that. Are you jealous at all? Sure, I can be jealous about stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I don't know if I can. Like I, I always, I like to think things through and realize like, oh, that person is deserving of what they're getting. Um, I don't want to get pissed at folks who are totally not deserving of it, but I can't even give you an example of that. Of someone who's not deserving. Oh, yeah. I'm not even speaking about improv specifically. This is life. Because I am totally jealous of people, yeah. and I feel like to you know we were talking at the top of the show about like speaking your things, like to admit that you're jealous. Because so many people just like they deny it, yeah. and for me it just comes out sideways. It's like I think it's just part of being an artist, don't you? Yeah. I think it's just human. Um, I mean, oh, I can think of an example. Um, the group that came out of here, Kill All Comedy has like 30 members that are all my friends and like I have never been asked to do anything with them. Um, and I have definitely been jealous about that in the past. Is it jealousy or resentment? Jealousy. Okay. It's, I don't think resentment. Resentment okay. is like the ugly neighbor of jealousy or mm -hmm. like the descendant that like that's when jealousy becomes an ingrown toenail. If you want any help on resentment, I'll help you after the show. Um, interesting, your, you, your boyfriend is an improviser. Correct. Did you meet him hanging out? I met him here. I met him August of 2011, I believe, and at the time, he was dating someone else, like, we were just like, we met and we were friends, and it was just, like, we had the commonality of both being from Pittsburgh, and so for a year, that was just like, anytime I'd see him here, like, I'd see his shows, and then we'd always, like, chat. Now, you're smiling, oh, Alex. Yeah. What's so funny yeah, about Yeah, what is so funny? One of the first times you saw him perform, it was him and a set with the, his eventual ex-girlfriend. His then-girlfriend, ex then yeah. Which I was just remembering about right now, and, like, that's really funny, because that was, like, the first Yeah, but it was just like, oh, this, this, cool, this guy's from Pittsburgh. Yeah, um, I love that. And so we'd, like, always, like, joke about things. He actually went to high school with, like, my cousin, so it's, like, a super small world. And then a year later, stars aligned, and... He asked me out, and I said yes, and we've been dating for two years. Two years on Monday. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Uh, we got to wrap this up. Sure. What advice would you give to improvisers starting out? One piece of advice. Ooh. Um, just love it, and... Um, 
like be honest with yourself about who you are. Um, there's so much going on in the city that it's easy to compare yourself to everybody else. But I think if you figure out who you are, which is a hard thing to do, especially when like a lot of people going through classes in the beginning or like fresh out of college or still in college, but like figure out who, what's important to you and figure out why you're doing it and just love it. Alex? Um, make friends, have fun, and like try to create opportunities for people without the intention of them creating opportunities back for you. I gotta take both those advice for me. Thank you so much. Thank for, you. For, I really appreciate it. A couple quick things. Uh, we have a raffle, and Justin will be up here in just a second. So if you want to win a mug or a copy of Improviser, Improvising Better, The Guide to the Working Improviser, which is a book that I co-wrote years ago, we will be raffling that off. Uh, so uh, anybody who wants a chance right now. Uh, and uh, if you haven't listened to the podcast, uh, you can go to uh, my website, jimmycarain.com. I also do an improv blog every week. I give you a tip or five tips or a story about me of, that is pertaining to improv, so check that out. And also, i got to plug this because I love teaching this. I've got uh, my art slow comedy. I have uh, a fundamentals class starting Saturday. Uh, June 28th. Uh, I limit it to 12 people. I teach you to slow your scene work down so you can find the game quicker. I love teaching it. If you're interested, see me afterwards. If you don't have time to take a six-week class, I know you're busy in the summer. July 6th, I have a one-day artist low comedy intensive. Uh, that both are at stage 773. So see me afterwards. Let's thank these guys again. What we would say one thing really quick. Yes. We have a festival coming up called the Jangle Heart Circus at the end of August. It's the 21st, 22nd, 23rd. It's three days. $25 gets you improv from 7 to 4 in the morning. And uh, it's going to be really fun. Tell us who's going to be there that we would know. Uh, Rainbow Deli, Dummy, Sand, Wham City from Baltimore, all the upstairs gallery house scenes, mm -hmm. uh, Drunk in the uh, Trunk with Andy Junk, yep. a live uh, version of the webcomic of the Little Boys Room, um, so many other things. Improv Fresh will be there. there. Yeah. Sick Adventure will be there. Yeah. There's a bunch of teams from New York coming in, uh, doing Heralds with uh, Chicago teams. So it'll be really I, I heard last year was great. And this is going to be the last festival, right? Maybe not. We'll no. see. Okay. Yeah. Let's just say it's going to be the last one. Okay. <laughs> I mean, just the weekend to, before the end of the gallery, so. Yeah. It's going to, there's going to be a lot of tears shed, don't you think? Oh. I, I already cried enough about everything. Did you really? Oh, yeah. It was, I mean, oh, like, you cry, cry? Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. We all saw when did you, babies. did you, you all, you all cry? Oh, aren't we done, Jimmy? I'm no, so we're sorry. not done. <laughs> <laughs> you, you all cry, cry? We gathered all our house teams into this room, and we, them and I had to go first with like my speech and immediately broke down in the middle of it started crying and then I don't know if I've ever seen a bunch of like 20 somethings bawling in a room together but we did the last time I saw that was when someone broke someone's Xbox <laughs> well <laughs> am I totally am I totally I am so is that, out of touch is that true is that true no I am is that so, true no it's not <laughs> So you're like, what's the thing I could say right now that would like really like like speak to like younger people? Yes, yeah, that's, that's, that's that, I've been working with a consultant for the podcast. Get a younger audience. I love it. I so love Xbox, it. anything else I need to say? Uh, we use not as popular. PlayStation Four is coming up. Yeah, no, they just did that Zelda launch. Like it's gonna be huge. Okay, uh, skateboarding. Just hit skateboarding. Uh, yeah. Hey, skateboard. we're gonna skateboard afterwards. Sounds hey, good. thanks so much again. <laughs> Get in the hand. Yeah. Thanks, David. And there you have it. Another episode of Improv Nerd is in the can. I want to thank the good people at the Upstairs Gallery, Alex Honnett and Caitlin Steffen, for being such great guests. And I just, 
I, I, I hope I wasn't too, uh, I hope I didn't push too hard with the whole, you know, did you guys hook up and stuff like that. I, I just, sometimes I just want to go there. And so uh, I, I think it's fun, but it, it does make me uncomfortable sometimes. And uh, so I just wanted to let you know that. Uh, but that doesn't mean I'm going to stop doing it, right? Uh, I want to thank uh, my producer, Dan Schiffmacher, for putting this together. He's the one who makes me sound so slick and so professional. And if it wasn't for Dan, you would not be hearing my voice right now. Also, uh, if you want to know more about me, that's Jimmy Crane, host of the Improv Nerd and my award-winning improv classes, go to jimmycarain.com. We have uh, Fundamentals of Artist Low Comedy starting July 21st, so check it out at jimmycarain.com. We're also on feralaudio.com, and Feral Audio is a podcast collective, and we are not alone there. There's people like Chelsea Peretti and Matt Dwyer, Steve Agee, Dan Harmon. So go to feralaudio.com for other great podcasts. Uh, also, check us out on Twitter, check us out on Facebook, and like our Improv Nerd Facebook page, because uh, it really helps with my low self-esteem. We have a YouTube channel. We're just taking over social media as we speak. I'd like to thank my sponsor, Hotel Lincoln, and I'd like to thank you for listening. And until next time, remember, walk, don't run. Uh, and our YouTube channel, you can actually see the interviews and see the improv. It, it, it's even more educational than the podcast. Uh, I want to thank our sponsor, Hotel Lincoln, and I want to thank you for listening. And until next time, remember, walk, don't run. I'm Kyle Ayers. I'm the host of Never Seen It, the podcast where comedians rewrite famous movies and TV shows they've never seen, and then we give them a read in studio. This is a clip I want to play for you guys from an episode where Langston Kerman rewrites Scarface. He's never seen it, but he wrote a script based on what he thinks he knows about it. And here's a clip. Give it a listen. All right. Scarface, the new frontier. Interior. Happening discotheque. Remember when we call clubs discotheques? <laughs> LOL. The 70s were crazy. Night. The crowd bustles with young, hot Mexicans who are supposed to be Cuban and all are dressed in butterfly collared shirts and pants that look like Jinko jeans and pleated khakis had a really weird baby. <laughs> There's sex in the air and Poppy wants a whiff. <laughs> oh my God. Scarface, 22 to 45. <laughs> like he's a television audience demographic? Devilishly handsome. Not even a little bit Italian looking, so get that out of your dumb brain. Walks through the crowd with the confidence of a man who's going on MTV Cribs with the Ying Yang Twins. Does he actually have a scar on his face? Fuck no. Why would, he even, why would you even ask that? That's not important. What's important is that he is not at all a problematic stereotype and that he has come for his cocaine. As he approaches the red rope of the VIP, pronounced V-A-P-E in Spanish, he spots his dear friend who is almost certainly going to become his enemy by the end of the film, Smooth Skin. Scarface yells out his signature line. <laughs> Ciao, Bella. It's me, Scarface. <laughs> oh, my God.